Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bill Caskey Podcast. Glad to have you here. If you've not given us a quick rating on iTunes, I would love it and I would appreciate it if you would do so. If you enjoy what we're bringing to you, you know, sometimes our shows are just me ranting a little bit on a handful of ideas that I think can help you. Sometimes they are interviews. That's what today's show is. I talk with a guy by the name of Doug Brown who works with companies in sales revenue. He's a kind of a growth expert there. He's worked with Enterprise Nationwide, Tony Robbins, uh, Intuit, P&G, CBS. A lot of great experience. But he has a system that he talks about today. Uh, his company is Business Success Factors. And I thought it would be good. I don't usually have people on who, who are in the same business that I'm in just because I don't want to confuse everybody because I have a very specific philosophy and, and I want uh, I want that to come across. But he has similar philosophies, and so I wanted to have him on. I think you'll enjoy it. Doug Brown, founder of Business Success Factors. Enjoy. Uh, I was always building businesses on the side, whether they were small businesses or trying to make them large. Uh, I've done about 35 of them to date, and uh, some of them have led me into some interesting roles as, say, independent president of sales and training for guys like Tony Robbins, Chad Holmes, Russ Whitney. Uh, done a lot of the back end for a lot of the trainers, built them sales teams and things of that nature. Um, what's led me to where I am today is basically I've worked with tens of thousands of businesses and I've discovered one thing, that they all want to grow and they all want to grow sales revenue, but most of them really don't have a process or a system to do it, so I created that. I totally agree with you. I think uh, when I go into a business, whether it's a $5 million or a $500 million, you would even think the $500 million businesses would have really good processes, and they really don't. Some do, but it's, it's not a given. So when you, when you talk about a process, because that can mean a lot of different things, g- give me your definition of it. Well, the, the process is within the system, right? So the system itself is, you know, I mean, we could take sales methodologies and talk about them, whether whatever it might be, so Sandler or, you know, whatever methodology. But the system itself is really about 10 different facets uh, in, in sales revenue growth. And then the processes are those sub things within each one of those facets that make the facet actually work optimum. Okay. So can you give me an example, a uh, hard, hard example? Yeah, sure. I mean, let's take most, most clients, most companies that I've worked with, they're myopically focused on one or two facets. So let's say they're focused on usually getting new clients. That's mm-hmm. kind of the big mm-hmm. one for everybody, yep. right? But what they're leaving out is how do you increase the buying frequency of that client or the transactional value of that client? Or how do you get that overall retention up? Or how do we increase the number of you know, people selling for us, right? Things like that, the speed to purchase, the margins, the prices, 
you know, even things like meaningful communication, you know, how are we communicating with our clients internally and externally? And, you know, how are we improving the skill sets of the people that are within there? There's all kinds of facets within, mm-hmm. uh, in these processes within the facet that, you know, a lot of people, though, are myopically focused on that one or two things. And they're missing simple things a lot of times, Bill. Yeah, I, I like to say that people love to talk about the outputs and they hate to talk about the inputs. What, what's it going <laughs> to take for us to get a new client? And I think we resort a lot of times, like you say, to, okay, what are the behaviors? Well, let's, let's pound out 100 calls a day. Okay, great. Let's do that. And then that doesn't work. So we'll go, you know what? How about 200 calls a day? And so we're working on the wrong end of the problem a lot of times. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A hundred uh, ineffective calls. <laughs> <laughs> double, double that. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, um, so you mentioned uh, uh, something about account, you know, account development. You didn't use that term, but this idea of, well, once we get a client, are we really getting all we can out of them? And are they getting all they can out of us? Uh, I don't think companies spend nearly enough money, time, energy on how do we take our thousand clients that are doing $20 million and get that to 40 million? And, mm. and, and maybe that would resolve our problem of pressuring our people and hiring a bunch of people to make 200 cold calls a day that don't work on the front end. Yeah. And maybe we could reduce our expenses and improve our profitability on the top line. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so you're absolutely right. And then, and, and a lot of times they're not thinking about <clears throat> farming the account a lot of times, but the system is not set up. The whole customer journey is not set up as a sales system. It's set up as one facet, maybe two, like maybe marketing sort of, and then uh-huh. sales definitely. But they forget things like customer service. Customer service can be a huge source yeah. of sales, right? Yeah, the customer journey sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll cut that out. The customer journey sort of stops when the first transaction happens. And the customer journey is always like, wait a minute, that's where it ends? That should be where it begins. <clears throat> that's exactly right. And they should be looking to expand the sale at every single turn throughout the whole customer journey. Um, and they don't. And that's why companies are you know poor at things like referrals, mm-hmm. follow-up, um, you know. Just a bunch of things. So they all have blind spots. And you had mentioned like, a, you know, I think 5 million to 500 million or 5 billion. They all have blind spots. Every company has a blind spot. And it's usually only a few things that will unearth the revenue mm-hmm. and get them that untapped revenue coming back into their lives. Um, but the wonderful part is they've usually spent the marketing money already. So that's just sitting there. So it's pure profit. Yeah. Yeah. So what stops, uh, because it's one thing to say that, uh, you know, there's always a blind spot, but uh, I have my own impression of what stops, let's say it's a $100 million company, got a VP of sales, got four or five sales managers, have 30, 40 people. Um, What stops them from really shining the light on their entire system of of generating new clients and generating revenue from existing clients? What what stops? There's got to be some stopper or or several. Yeah, I think there's several. I mean, one is they truthfully don't know where they want to go. Okay. So, I mean, they're honest, right? But there's a difference between honesty and truth. So truth being the objective measurement, they truthfully do not know how much they want to grow by 
on the next 12 months. They just get a number in their head. They go, oh, we could project this. We could do that. But there's not this concrete, listen, Mm -hmm. this is going to be hit and we're satisfied being there. If we exceed this, great. But most of them don't know that, that benchmark. And the second thing is people, right? People have emotions. So a lot of times, even leaders in companies or divisions, they don't want to be exposed to a certain group within. Um, So they might be doing things that they want to, for lack of better terms, either cover up. Cover up, hide, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. right? So, And then the third thing is, is they just don't know what they don't know. And so they're not investigating that because they don't know. They can't see it. It's blind. Yeah. I think there's one also that probably fits in into one of those three that you mentioned. And that's the, I think there's a resistance some for some reason to, it's sexier than hell to talk about, well, let's go, let's grow from 20 million to 25 million. And, and Doug, here's your quota. It was 1.2 last year. It's 1.5 this year. Everybody good? Okay, great. We'll see you back here at the end of December. And there's very little attention paid to, well, well how are we going to do that? How? How do we get from 1.2 to 1.5? It's easy to say, well, Doug's always done it before, but maybe, you know, post-pandemic, maybe there's a different strategy. Or maybe Doug, Doug's strategy could get him to 2.5 million, but he's kind of using the old, you know, he's bicycling around his territory trying to pick up leads or whatever the old antiquated thing is. So I think there's a reluctance to really getting down and dirty into the, okay, well, how are we going to make that happen? Do you concur or is that part of the clarity? No, it's, it's part of the clarity from my definition, but I do concur because it's not only part of the clarity, but it's, you know, part of the, 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 the blind spots in the process, right? Because let's say Doug is exhausted, (laughs) Right? Mm-hmm. But he's, but he's just riding him. his bike. Of course <laughs> right. he is. <laughs> right? So <clears throat> why is Doug exhausted at that point? Right? What is what is causing the issue for the exhaustion? Is it Doug's not leveraged properly on his own abilities? His skill sets are are not there, or is it the system that he's within? The, you know, of the customer journey. Um, you know, there's all kinds of reasons for it, but I I fully agree with what you just said. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give, since I always like to, when I bring people on, uh, ask them a pointed question about, okay, so I'm a, I'm, I'm a VP of sales or I'm a CEO, founder of a small company. By the way, we're talking with Doug Brown today, who is both CEO and founder of Business Success Factor. So welcome, Doug, once again. Um, what advice you would you give to a VP of sales, president of a company who has, has heard over the last eight or nine minutes and said, uh, we, might, we might have an issue? What would be a couple of one or two pieces of advice to kind of begin the process? Well, uh, again, I would sit down and get truthful. Okay, do we want to actually do something about this? Because there's not, you know, a lot of companies talk about it, Bill, but they really don't want to do anything about it. They're uncomfortably comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're not uncomfortably comfortable, if you're uncomfortably uncomfortable, then the next step is, okay, what is that true, true north? What is the goal that you truly want to achieve? Because most goals can be achieved. As you said, Bill, you know, the resistance in the, the planning part of this is, is, the, is the key. So once the, the goal is set out, okay, let's get it assessed. Let's find out where we're at and then are there any impedances? Are there really good stuff? Ha- you know, what's happening that's great, right? Let's get the whole picture and get an assessment and audit the process. And I know audit sounds like a bad word, but the reality is it, it reveals things. That's right. 
And then once we do that section of it, let's take the goal. Let's take the assessment, where we want to go, where we are, and let's build a growth plan to get there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I I think uh, that's really a a good point there about clarity of where are we going. I, I don't think companies at least the ones I've worked with off and on, like I'm working with one right now that's, uh, I really can't say much about it because I think they're listeners and I don't want to give away anything, but there is a, there is a reluctance to set a goal out in the future and say, by gosh, by the time 2022 ends or two years, three years out, we're going to be this kind of company doing this kind of business in this kind of market with these kind of people. There's, there's such a reluctance to do that because it's like, well, you know, we've been through a lot in 2020. Well, maybe had you had this had you had this clarity of focus, maybe 2020 would have been an awesome year instead of just an average year. So there. I, I think there's this, again, reluctance to really get deep into, into clarifying where the hell are we going and what does it look like when we get there? Yeah, and we have to detach personally from the outcomes a lot of times, right? So then that's the hard part because yes. it's, you know, for a lot of business owners, um, it, who especially who started their own companies, organically or whatever, and they've grown them to high proportions or they're trying to grow them to high proportions, they have a lot of their own personal, I'll just say self invested in Mm -hmm. the business itself. And that the reality is, is that business is very, very simple when you remove people from the equation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell me more about that. (laughs) Well, I mean, think about it. It's a really simple formula. It's, it's money out, money in equals something that's business. And we all want the, the equals to be a plus sign, you know, the positive (laughs) cash. We do no brackets. brackets. (laughs) So when we get people in there though, they start getting things, thoughts coming into this. And a lot of thoughts are great, but there are some non-serving ones that come in too. And that's where I think that reluctance comes from in, in, in a big way, you know, especially if the owner has been the one who's grown the company and she or he have, has their identity kind of tied to the business mm-hmm. or, you know, internally, like you had mentioned, vice president of sales or president of a division, if they have their, their identity tied to that position, they'll tend to defend that. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they don't want to. Yeah. A lot of companies, uh, I I kind of equate it to the Super Bowl that was just played in the U.S. here a a while ago, where Tom Brady, who was 40, I don't know, 42, 43 years old, uh, won his seventh or eighth Super Bowl, seventh Super Bowl, I guess. And as you look back to when he left the original team he was with. He was, he's with a brand new team this year, Tampa Bay. Most of you in the U.S. would know that. But we also have some uh, overseas listeners. Nobody came after. The only two teams came after Brady after he said, I'm leaving New England. Only two teams. One was Tampa Bay who got him, and the other, I think, were the Chargers, L.A. Chargers, whomever. Nobody else wanted him. Why? Because he was too old. Yep. Because why would I want a 42-year-old quarterback and all these teams are saying, oh, our goal is to get to the Super Bowl. Goal to get Super Bowl. Got to get Super Bowl. Well, here's a guy who's been there six times. Do you not think he could, even if he wasn't full-time quarterbacking, couldn't he give you a little insight on how he got there? <laughs> I mean, no, too old. And so we go so black and white sometimes. And then I start to wonder, well, did these teams really want to get to the Super Bowl? Or is that just lip service? <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> and I, I don't want to take you into sports, but I think the same thing applies. You know, we want to get to 12 million, but we're not willing to do what it takes to get there, but we'd like to get there. Okay, you really don't want to get there. Right, right. And, you know, and, and since I'm a New England Patriots fan. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, sorry. You well, were from, quiet. You were very quiet there. <laughs> I, I grew up in Massachusetts. So, so, there you go. All right. So, so, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, Brady left for, for probably other reasons that we don't know, but also he was offered, I think it was six or seven million more, you know, and mm-hmm. at his career place, why not take it, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and... The, the I as you were speaking, you know, one, a thought occurred to me. You know, in equating this to business, a lot of times companies look just at top line. They don't look at they look at top line revenue and they go, okay, our budgets were in line, we're here, everything's working, you know, blah blah blah. But then a guy like yourself or I come along and go, okay, that's nice, you grew by twenty two percent. How do you know it shouldn't have been thirty four percent? Yeah. And so they're like, okay, so they take, we take a look and we go, okay, there's another 6% here, another 2% here, another 1% there, you know, for the same amount of money out, they could have been bringing in more money in. So I, I, that reluctance, I still, uh, will anchor myself that a lot of times it comes back to the personal agenda because, because, because. Because behind every corporate agenda is a personal mission of some sort, right? And and that's just how it works. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I can go from twenty two million to twenty eight million if I buy my way into the extra six million and basically give away my products. So that now back to your original equation, you know, X plus Y equals something, hopefully positive, or X minus Y. I guess it was. Business in versus or cash in versus cash out equals something. So it's not just the top line. You're right. It's what's still what are we delivering to the bottom line? And a lot of what you talk about delivers that, not just to the top line, but also the bottom. Shortened selling cycles, understanding our customers better, calling on the right people instead of people who don't fit. I presume that's in a lot of your work. It is. Yeah. We're talking to Doug Brown today. You can reach Doug. Uh, Doug, you said you had a. Uh, checklist that our listeners could access. Can you tell us how we can get a hold of that? Sure, sure. It's a it's a marketing and, and sales checklist and it's really a self audit. It'll give you an idea of okay how how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And you you could email me at Doug at businesssuccessfactors.com and I'll be happy to have one sent out um, to you. And um, it's, it's kind of an eye-opening experience, I will tell you, if you're going to do this, because it, it will poke holes in your current playbook, um, and but it will show you some really good stuff as well. Awesome. So, Doug at businesssuccessfactors.com, he'll send the uh, checklist back to you. Doug, it's been a real pleasure. We need to do this again, maybe uh, later in 2021, and uh, catch up with you again. But thanks for taking the time to be on today. Thanks for having me, Bill. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate being here. 